it's time for a bonus, a bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path, off the beaten path. We're off. Oh, hi, friends. Oh, How are you? Hello. oh hello. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Funny bumping into you here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, well, yeah. well, well. We all found the same link, I see, <laughs> into Zoom. Uh, uh, I thought this was something so different. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it's cool. You guys are cool, I guess. Well, it's good to see your faces. Yeah. It's good to hear it your is. voices. No one else can see our faces, so. Right. I would like it to be kept in the log, put in mm-hmm. the log. Okay. Sure. That... <laughs> Let me get it out real quick. So I, got... <laughs> I got my headshots back today from Troy Blundell, and yeah, yeah, I yeah, am a babe. a babe. I am a babe. Yeah. Oh, they're If hot. you were yeah. a president, you'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I was really worried about him just because I've been having a lot of crappy feelings about myself lately, but they look really good, and I'm they excited. Look good. Good. You, have, you have you have you uh, have CJ power attorney. Yes, I have an attorney. CJ CSI, sure. if you will. <laughs> and then you've got like some sassy ones. You got some mm-hmm. ones where you get a little sass on it, on 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 it. Yeah. If you were uh, a serial, you'd be magically babelicious. Oh, magically. Oh, magically, magically delicious. Got a magically is delicious. Is that Lucky, Lucky Charms? Charms? Yeah. Okay. Magically yeah. babelicious. We yeah. should do an in stuff about cereals. Breakfast cereals. <laughs> we oh. all bring we all bring eight eight boxes of cereal. Blind taste testing of cereal. What's your favorite Ep- junk cereal? Cocoa puffs. I mean oh, okay. right. junk Reese's puffs. Ooh. Okay. Not so, crisp is pretty good. Not too. as junk, but still junk. Cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh, and yes. the least junk, my favorite, is Crispix. Crispix nice. is pretty damn good. I live for Crispix. It's like checks, but it's half we have have rice, and they don't I'm get it. Half we have rice. Half yeah. we have rice on my cereal. I also have cinnamon toast crunch on my list, along with fruity mm. pebbles. Gotta fruity love pebbles. They just get soggy STC. so fast. Well, you gotta eat them super STC. fast. You gotta chuck it down. You gotta get them fruity pebbles in your mouth. Yeah. Um, I also like making rice crispy treats with fruity pebbles instead oh. of rice krispies. But the that's top it. Yeah, and that's that's it's really good. It's very. I good. like doing that with the cocoa pebbles though. Oh yeah. Welcome so to Cereal Cereal, the cereal <laughs> podcast <laughs> for cereal lovers. Cereal cereal. <laughs> uh, We're great. not talking about cereal today, but we are talking about cereal. No. We Ooh. are. Oh, no. yes. so <laughs> no cereal. No. Uh, I am excited to talk about this today. Uh, is there anything else we want to say before I introduce the podcast? Oh, just real quick. Yeah, because like you because yeah. as we record this, tomorrow is the High Holy Day. Oh, it is May the Fourth tomorrow. <gasps> so May I'd the like fourth to be with you. I'm gonna wear like some to Star Wars tomorrow. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah, this will be a tomorrow. few days. That's uh, how past Ben Mendelsohn this... would say it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. May the Fourth be with you. May the Fourth be with you. Uh, we'll get into the Ben Mendelsohn thing later. What a I stand a legend. He'd say um, May the Fourth. Be with you. That's what he would say. May the fourth. Fourth. <laughs> we love him. We're not going to make fun of his speech anymore because he's. No, I there's, love nothing him. To make, there's nothing to make fun Top of. Top five actors living right now, maybe. He's um, rocking it out. I, oh, he he and Sam Rockwell are my two favorite white guys. I, Sam right Rockwell's now. great, too. <laughs> he and Sam Rockwell are my two guys. favorite white guys in Hollywood. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I'm saying it out loud. I'm calling it here. 
Uh, I'm yeah. in love with Timmy Sh- Timothy Chalamet. I can't help it. He's not white. He's um, clear. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm C.J. Merriman. And I am Scott Leggett. And as always, sorry to cut you off there, Scott, but I, you, you know, didn't know. I felt fine. Yeah. You're, yeah, it was, it was really was adding the way t- you're saying it. It was nice, yeah. Uh, as always, though, to cleanse our palate between playwrights, we offer you another bonus episode of Theater Theater oh, and yeah. Stuff. Bonus episode. Where we pick theater-adjacent things and nerd out over them. And this week is a CJ's pick. What'd you pick, Siege? I picked Cyrano, because I don't know that I would have gotten to see it otherwise, so. The new nice. 2022 yeah. movie. Yeah. Joe and Wright directed well, true, but the, the, the true AMC release 2022, so 2021, Fair enough. 2022. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, starring Peter Dinklage. Yeah. And why'd you choose it, Siege, besides the fact that you may not have gotten to watch it? Oh, well, I just, I wanted to see it. I missed it in the theaters. Bailey, you said it was so great and that yeah. we should cover it. And I, I was feeling uninspired by all the other ideas I came up with. So I picked Cyrano. And I'm Word. glad I did because I really, really Ooh, enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad. Too. I bought the Blu-ray and I brought it over to Scott's house the Thanks, other night. And we all watched it together. <gasps> we got real good pizza. That pizza we got was real good. good pizza. Shout out to Lucifer's Pizza. It was delicious. Thank you, Satan. Hail Thanks, Satan. We had lamb pizza. We had a lamb pizza. Yeah, we sacrificed. So they good. sacrificed the lamb to Satan and then fed it to us. <laughs> it, was it was delicious. Incre- it was amazing. Uh, really great podcast content here guys i um no i we did that's why that's why we have the masses following us that's that's why we have it yeah that's right our betty white cult has gained many (laughs) followers in the past week um no I'm, i'm very excited to to talk about this one though because yeah i sort of brought it to y'all like hey this movie kind of slaps and i don't think it's gonna get any love like, I could feel it. It's sort of how I felt about Matrix Resurrections, where I walked mm-hmm. out and I was like, oh, that might be my one of my top movies of the year. I don't think anyone else will like it. And that's was the case. And that was the case with Cyrano as well. Um, it's on the, like, 60 to 70% Rotten Tomatoes, kind of, like, somewhere in there, which is usually my sweet spot. Like, I tend to really <laughs> love those yeah, movies. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know what you because mean. Because they're movies that are creating debate. They're still fresh, but there's enough people being like, I don't know. And those intrigue me. I don't always love them, but they, they intrigue me more than anything. So I went and saw it. I love Joe Wright, and yeah. I was not disappointed. I really love this movie. Hot take. I don't think a lot of musical theater people will or do like this movie no. and we'll talk and we'll about get, why we'll later get, yeah we'll get into yeah. it yeah, but before sure. we get too deep i don't know what it's about so i want to <laughs> i want to know uh i want to know from your perspective though cj so if you don't mind yeah. sharing that with us yeah i'd love to okay do it now CJ's breakdown. A smart dude, Cyrano, and a hot dude, Christian, like the same chick, walks in. <laughs> yeah. Got, she, yeah initially, she initially falls for Christian because he's sexy as fuck. Yeah. Lovesick Cyrano agrees to write Christian's admiring letters to Roxanne for him. Which are also sexy as fuck. They're very sexy. P.S. I wrote sexy S E K S Y. Yeah. Uh, everything spot. <laughs> Sexy. Sexy. 
Everything spirals out of control when the jealous Uncle Danny, a.k.a. Ben Mendelsohn, a.k.a. No. character whose name I can't pronounce, sends Cyrano the and Christian... <laughs> Gooch. Uh, since send Cyrano and Christian off to the Thirty Years War, only to have Christian throw himself into oncoming fire when he learns of Cyrano's love of Roxanne. Spoiler Years alert. later, Cyrano confesses his love to Roxanne okay, right before okay, he don't dies. Don't give away the full ending. Oh my god! <laughs> this CJ's breakdown is off the rails. <laughs> right. Years later, Cyrano confesses his love to Roxanne right before he dies because that's supposed to be romantic. No. But I see it more as a woman getting caught. Constantly lied to. Um, I, that's a take. How do that's people? That's a take. But people know the story of Cyrano, right? I think. Yeah, I, really I did not. Yeah. I went into Cyrano completely blind. I knew the conceit of like Cyrano, the the quote unquote not good looking guy, but smart and romantic, writes letters for the hot guy. I got that conceit, but I didn't know the ending. Yeah, I think the ending will be jarring to a lot of people who don't know it, for sure. <laughs> we it, can cut yeah. that and I can cut Let's out the ending. Oh, Honestly, no, like, no. whatever. If At you don't point, know by now. Yeah. You know? And, and, and to be honest, like, to me, it doesn't... I think a lot of people like to grab this and say, oh, it's an ultimate romance. It's really not. Because no one is actually in the romantic relationship they want to be in or think they are in. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it's almost like an anti-romance. It's not because it is so romantic, but the final beat of him getting to live out all these things that he dreamed of his whole life and only getting that final moment. It's romantic for him. It is yeah. not romantic for her. Yeah. That's the issue is that she's get thee to a nunnery by the end of it. You know? I would also argue that Christian gets to have the relationship he wants. He just has to pretend he's someone that he's not, but right, then he... which kind of ruins the, you know, like what he deserves. Also, and like what he, they don't yeah. get to fuck. So, how see with CJ? No fucks in <laughs> the, the language. Well, actually, we can assume that maybe they do. There's like that little time between. There's that little, yeah, yeah. Then, Doe skin uh, and beaver, y'all. Doe skin and beaver. <laughs> Titties and, and beaver. silk. Titties and silk. I want to be clear for for that bitchy breakdown that I wrote. I really did love the movie and no, I loved sure. the story. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. So yeah, well, I was just being snarky. Yeah, I it's. I went and saw this movie, ready to hate it. If you want the truth, like mm. I was, I, I I love everything surrounding it. Joe Wright. I, I, I like Peter Dinklage a lot. Uh, you know, Ben Mendelsohn, huge fan. And I love any type of musical adaptation to film that isn't just like its own thing, like La La Land, where they're just like, well, let's just hire a passing and Paul. Or like uh, Greatest Showman, another passing and Paul. Like, I don't always love those things, but I do tend to love stage to screen when it's done well, right? I sure. really loved In the Heights. I really loved... Yeah. West Side Story, the new one. Um, and I was, I kind of was walking in like I might, I might not like this, and I like this, and I'm prepared to not like it. Mm -hmm. And I bawled my eyes out through the whole fucking movie. It's, it and was good. Half of that was because of how beautiful it is. Yeah. It's an exquisitely made film. What like, a gorgeous movie! It is photographed uh, impeccably. It is designed to the hilt. It is gorgeous and joe wright knows how to move a camera and set a camera and 
like just take a shot like he yeah has these amazing establishing shots and then you know what they're shooting in sicily right is that yeah sicily. that's what yeah, we found out yeah. Sicily. Yeah, it had so, it had some much ado about nothing vibes for sure for sure that was, that was just, well that was in tuscany i think but it is but, well, the, but even just the architecture and stuff and yeah, the, yeah, yeah 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 and just you know the stone and like you can't you couldn't point a you probably couldn't have taken a bad shot in that location right. but man they just they just nailed it all and um, it's funny because I've, I've known Cyrano. I remember seeing the old Jose Ferrer, uh, Oscar winning performance, course, of it, right. you know, which is, so I'd grown up with it and I thought that this was just a fantastic take on it. And it's a wonderful performance by Dinklage, you know? Well, so we, uh, yeah, we should mention that, that this was a, uh, 2018, uh, Connecticut based, production uh good speed musicals was the name of the company uh where Haley bennett and peter dinklage actually re- uh created these roles right in this this sort of workshop production it's written by erica schmidt which is peter dinklage's wife yeah so it's oh, okay. written for him right mm-hmm. and Haley bennett is joe wright's wife oh yes. okay 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 Right, so, so I think I vaguely knew that was, when we were watching it. It was couples. It was, it yeah. was a couples night. So it's kind of cute because it's these two couples being sort of like, let's make this thing together. Like, fuck it, let's just do this thing. So they do, and then it gets a uh, well. Excuse me. They 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 do the first production, but then they also get a limited run off Broadway uh, in late ni- uh, twenty nineteen that I'm pretty sure got cut sh- short by COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. Haley and Joe, Haley Bennett, who plays Roxanne, and Joe Wright, the director, this is their first, like, true collaboration together. And I think they were a little worried that this was, it was going to be tumultuous. But apparently it went super well. Same with Peter and Erica working really well together. Uh, but what's interesting about this, you brought up the Jose Ferrer uh, uh, original film. film. Yeah. Because that's the 1950 one. I think there had been one previously like in the 20s or 30s sure well, sure maybe. but 1950 but, yeah. was sort of the more main one and then there's a 1990 version with gerard depardieu right uh, which, which is, i've never seen it's pretty good it's it's long-winded okay. and it goes back to the original text which is in all in rhymed couplets right in french right so like you know you had to you know it's a lot of reading to go to go along with it but it was a, a beautifully made film it's it's nice, pretty to look at something i kept saying through the whole thing and i'm still sticking by it is that it it was the best kind of shakespeare-esque play but it was in a restoration time period yeah because when i think of Shakespeare, like that whole scene between Dinklage, uh, between um, Cyrano and Roxanne, where she is telling, she's beginning to tell him about how she feels about Christian, and he thinks maybe that she's talking about him. Uh, it just reminded me of right. some of the most beloved Shakespeare scenes you've ever seen. The big and, misunderstanding. The big misunderstanding. Yes, yes. yes. And then, and then he doesn't tell her in the end. You know, it's like you you have potential for this big moment, and it ends up being a big moment in a completely different way. But also like. I was getting Shakespeare in love, like 
chills when they were doing that whole opening scene at the Restoration Theater. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that was amazing. Yeah, and I say Shakespeare and Restoration times because when I think of Restoration Theater, it's all overblown. It's everyone is standing a specific way. Everyone's wearing ridiculous costumes and Fan talking work. in a specific it can be way. Really, yeah, it can be really boring. But but yeah, it it's it's grounded and it was real, but it it had all of the it's it's a fucking letter play. I mean, which yeah. is a Shakespeare <laughs> all, device too, always, yeah. you know. I just I was in it from top to bottom. I loved it. It kind of yeah. reminds me of the beginning also of Have you ever seen the what's it called the adventures of baron von munchausen oh yeah Mm -mm. it starts out in a theater very similarly where like the audience is sort of engaging with the the show that's going on (laughs) and it's one of my favorite things i love seeing that stuff i love seeing the silliness of the sheep all coming out and everyone oh my god oh my god and i i think that catches me right away and i'm on i'm on board Mm mm-hmm Right, the second, like you said, like right away, I'm like, oh, we're in a theater. This is about theater. This is the shit I studied in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah. a this is a movie about theater. Let's I go. know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I and I absolutely love that. Uh, jumping back real quick, I I do think it's interesting to uh, mention that it is very cool that Jose Ferrer originated or not originated, obviously, but played this role on Broadway on stage. Uh, Cyrano de Bergerac in 1950, right before they made the movie, and then Peter Dinklage does this on stage. Oh, before they, so that's kind of an interesting. That is like, cool. And there's parallel. a really yes, absolutely. And there's a really cool story about Ferrer because he kind of inherited the mantle um, of of Cyrano from another actor named. Hold on, let me find it because I got it. I got it here. I wrote it down. I didn't write Ooh. it down. I'm looking it up on my. It's in phone. the log. It's in the log. It's going to be in, in, the in the log. Find it in the yeah, log. It's, yeah, and it's man, um, it's a long play. It's a long description. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he had taken over the role. This guy had um, had played it for years and years and years uh, throughout the twenties. Uh, Walter Hampton was his name, uh, mm. and then he handed it off to Jose Ferrer. And then when they did the final performance, which was a benefit performance. Um, Jose played it through the first four acts, and then in the fifth act, Hampton came to, came back as an older Cyrano oh, sure. and did that on stage. As, That's cool. As the final time to do Love it. Love that. That's yeah. Really isn't cool. that cool? Like you know that they shared that. I was I was like ah, that's a that's a cool story. We keep yeah, talking it, about. Go ahead. No, I was just going to digress real quick, but it sounds like you were going to digress real quick. I was. Do it. I was just going to say I I think we we really. Uh, we talk a lot about how good this looks. We've already brought it up like three or four times. That can all be uh, given credit due to Seamus McGarvey, who is a phenomenal DP uh, director He's worked of with Joe Wright on all of his stuff, yeah. He basically does all of the Joe Wright movies, or for the most part. He did Atonement. He did Anna Karenina. He did Pan, which is a fucking terrible movie that I don't think looks good at all. He did uh, that episode of Black Mirror that Joe Wright directed, the one with um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. It's called Nosedive. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was a really, really solid episode of Black Mirror. He directed that. But also, here's some crazy shit. You ready for this? And I just found this looking at I'm his ready. IMDb right now while we were talking. Don't point at the camera. In Don't 19- point at me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. In 1995, he DPs 
the short film Skin, <gasps> which is Sarah what? Kane. That's correct. A Sarah, oh. Sarah Kane oh. short film. That's you real fucked that? up. Wow. It's hard to watch too. It's Ewan Bremner. And it's hard to read. It's, I know that brutal. for sure. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sarah Kane, um, and he DPs that, and it looks good for 1995, and him not really having done anything yet. Like it looks really good. His first major thing, I would argue, is probably High Fidelity. Mm. Yeah. Um, that gets him a lot of love. And then he does the Wit TV movie with Cynthia Nixon. Right. He did The Hours, which is a beautiful looking movie. It's a gorgeous movie. film, yeah. He did one of my favorite films of all time, No Hey, All Love, Along Came Polly. <laughs> which I have brought up on this podcast before because not only is it one of my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman performances, but also the whole Jesus Christ Superstar arc in that is fucking <laughs> That's hilarious. right. That's right. I forgot about so that. So good. Yeah. It's been an age since I've seen that movie. Uh, he also did, weirdly, the World Trade Center movie, which wasn't very good. Uh, he did. Which sh- is a movie I did the, not with need. The, the, yeah. the one that Oliver Stone directed? Yeah. What was that called? World Trade Center? World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? What was the World Trade Center movie about? <laughs> well, and then there was like Flight 83. Where there was like a whole cluster. Not that one. United 93. Not that one. No, this was... Don't you know your 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 9-11 pop culture, Scott? Yeah. No, no, I was, um, was checked out. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but he also did a movie that everyone knows and loves. The Avengers. He's the DP of right. the Avengers. It's a good looking Whoa. movie. Let's be fair. I'm kidding. I'm Let's be real you. fucking clear. I'm just trying to poke the there bears that I do a podcast it. with. He did the 2014 Godzilla that uh, was fine. And he did the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. I read those books just the out of spite. One. Skipped through all the sex scenes because they are the same after the first one. Oh, really? Because I read those every night before I go to bed. <laughs> I read them just because I was curious about what happened in the end. Guess what? They're all fucking stupid. Yes. Uh, another movie that doesn't look very good that he did, Bad Times at El Royale. At the El Royale. I didn't think that movie looked very good, but it didn't have oh, a big budget, it. so yeah. that's probably why. Yeah. Um, and then Cyrano. And then what is he working on now? Does anybody want to guess? It's a movie with Timothy Chalamet. What's his second cinema? Uh, his, uh, his... Oh, Willy Wonka. That's right. He's doing Wonka. Uh... God, I just love Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Uh, that Willy Wonka is going to suck, though. It's going to suck. I don't need another Willy Wonka, but I like Timothy Chalamet. Why? This is it... my question. Digression. Okay. <laughs> For all of the remakes and crappy remakes that they've made of that movie, why yeah. have they never made Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator? Why have they never made the oh, sequel? Oh, is that the sequel? Because, no, they were going to. but crazy. The, yeah, they were going to after the Tim Burton one, but the Tim Burton one didn't do well enough. It has gained sort of like popularity recently with people for some reason, maybe because of the new announcement of this movie, but it didn't do that well, so they didn't ever make another one. This, if this does well enough, they'll franchise it, like guaranteed. But listen to the cast real quick because we can't dismiss it yet. You ready? (laughs) Timothy Chalamet, Olivia (gasps) Coleman, Sally Hawkins. What? Rowan Atkinson. What? Keegan Michael Key. What? Friend of the pod. <laughs> Friend of the Scott. Friend of the Scott. Scott. Yeah. Jim Carter, one of our favorites. Oh, we love Jim Carter. What? what? The nurse. <gasps> Matt Lucas, another favorite of mine. What? Yeah, dude. This cast is stacked Who's as listen, listen, Paul though. King. Oh. 
after seeing the preview for Morbius, which I still refuse to watch, <laughs> yes. I've seen that preview so many times and I hate Jared Leto, but like so many people in it that I love. Jared Harris is in it. Um, yeah. Matt Smith. Those are the first two that I can think of immediately. And I remember every time I saw that preview, I'd be like, oh my God, what? They're in it? Holy shit. And the film sucks and I won't see it. Yeah. Um, I've heard Paul, it sucks. <laughs> Paul King, Paul King, who will be directing this new Wonka, uh, also did the Paddington movies, which fucking rock. Oh, really? I was yeah. never a big Paddington Bear fan myself. So. Listen, I wasn't either, the, but the movies are... The second one 100% is... Better. The second one is now on like the British top 100 yes. films of all time. No yes. shit. And the yeah, second that... one is better than the first one, weirdly, and they're both profoundly good and sweet and fun to all watch. All right, all right. So very if, if you haven't seen the new Nick Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive I have not yet. If that, that Paddington 2 is a major Plot focal point. point in that movie. <laughs> and it's um... hilarious and awesome, and everybody's like, yup, everybody who was in the theater that night was like, yup, gotta see Paddington 2. Yeah, so. that's great. Paddington All 2 right. rocks, everyone should see it. Anyway, Paul King also was one of the creators of Mighty Boosh and directed a lot of that back then. Oh, the that's so. where I know the name yeah, from. Yeah, All so right, I'll give a, that a he's shot. He's a thing. Um, all that to say, though, Seamus McGarvey makes things look really good for the most part, most of the time. And this movie just looks incredible. There were some shots where we would just, like, point at each other. The three of us would just, like, turn and be like, what? what is this shot? That's incredible. There, it's just showing, like, a person, like, walking through an alleyway. And it's the most beautiful thing we've ever seen. The oh, carbiography. Yeah. Carbiography. Well, the let's car- talk about it. If, let, <laughs> instead of just saying random words no one I'm understands. I'm sorry. I'm just proud of the one-liners I came up with Throw while it down. watching this movie. Talk about it. Um, well, I I loved the choreography throughout this whole fucking movie, but they had a very horny scene in a bakery. Like, they made kneading dough. They did it on count. It was very, very sexual. So sexy. And then they were dancing with huge loaves of, of bread in circles and with, like... <laughs> Ripples and everything, and I called it carbiography. Uh, carbiography. It was carbiography. Yeah. I, I've heard a few takes, and I'm going to record dear friend Kate McDonough's voice. Love it. Because she has a take. She doesn't believe the choreography or the music is good in this, and I wanted oh. to throw her across the room. No, I'm kidding. I she <laughs> She and I have a very interesting way of debating movies and theater where we don't tend to agree but we always seem to be sort of saying the same things if that makes it like we're always kind of circling around the same ideas but like she doesn't like it for one reason i do like it for one reason but we sort of meet in the middle somewhere and it's uh-huh. always very fun but i want to give her take on it because i know she didn't like it and we really liked it hi kate <laughs> Hi, Bailey. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. We're sitting here in the library of the Pasadena Playhouse currently. and in This beautiful leather-clad room. Correct. Uh, very historical. Many books. Many, many books. Many books. A, a beautiful uh, fireplace behind us. And we're going to talk a little bit today about the movie Cyrano. Now, we've already recorded a whole episode discussing this, but I'm going to drop this into some place in the episode, maybe at the end. I don't know. Uh, so that depends people how good it is. Yeah, right. depends on how good it is. The the biggest thing here is that the three of us, the hosts, really liked this movie. So I kind of wanted to give a take on someone who didn't really like this movie, 
And not to not to all play your you cards. Really like this we movie. all three wow. really liked okay. this movie. All right. um, now I think part of the reason they liked it so much is that we watched it together. I bought the Blu-ray and brought it over to their house, and we watched it. And I sort of set them up like, "You may not like this, but it's the best movie ever." So I think maybe me watching it next to them crying oh, through the whole wow. thing might have helped their okay. enjoyment of it. But that's why I want to give another perspective. I want to make sure that people hear the other side of it because normally we all debate things pretty hard, and we don't always all agree. This time we did. So this is a new perspective. Um, real quick though, Kate, we're going to have you on some future mini-series or episode of some sort, but can you just very quickly give us a brief summary of who you are, what you do in the LA theater scene? Wow. And if you want me to do it, I can do it too. Brief summary of yeah. who you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I am uh, an actress, director, producer. Um, I've been working in LA for for over 10 years and um, I most recently before the pandemic was Marion Peru at, at uh, Five Star Theatricals up in Thousand Oaks uh, in their Music Man. Um, I also did Ragtime at Pasadena Playhouse. Um, before that I spent two years playing Elsa in Frozen at, at Disneyland. Good times. And, yeah. and what is your title now at the Playhouse? I, I am currently, um, I'm the executive assistant to Danny Feldman, the artistic director, and I'm also uh, the artistic project coordinator, education coordinator. Right. We I'm, all wear many hats. I'm also the office manager, technically. <laughs> True. On my, on my... Uh, Normal my, hours, yeah. Yep, so... Yeah, so we all wear many hats, um, but you and I have become good friends in these past this past few months of you mm-hmm. working here, and we realized like, oh, we're really good at debating and discussing theater and art. So we we're got into good it. At it. We're good at it. <laughs> um, we we do it. We flow well uh, yeah. together. But what I think is interesting is we got into Cyrano after I told you to watch it, mm-hmm. and you went and watched it, and then you came back and you're like, I don't know, Bailey. So I I'm excited to hear sort of your take on it. First of all, um, Catherine McDonough, by the way, is the person we're speaking to right now. I, I think I introduced it on the pod, but I just want to make sure I say it here. Uh, but talk to me. Give me a percentage. Zero to 100 percent. What was this for you? What was your Rotten Tomatoes for? Oh, um, I'd give it like a 60 percent. Okay. That's not low. No. 60 no. to 75 is my sweet spot. And so. the thing is, is I, I enjoyed it. And I would watch it again, yeah. which is saying something, because there are a lot of movie musicals that have come out in recent years that I'm like, I was so upset throughout the entire movie. I <laughs> yeah. will never watch it again because it made me so upset. Like what? Like what's one oh, reason? Oh, now you're just going to ask me to dish on things. No, uh, just one. Oh, just like oh, just name um, one. Um, I think, well, we've already talked about this one, but I, I did not enjoy La La Land. Right. You've told me that. Les yeah. Mis. You didn't like Lame Is. Very hard time with Lame Is. Scott and CJ also didn't like Lame Is. I am on the other side of it. I'm the person who's like, no, it's perfect. Don't. Lame Is? Yeah, I think. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, we'll perfect save, is not the right we'll word. We'll save that for another perfect time. Perfect is not the right word. This is my only take on it is that I think the directing is the problem with the whole movie, which in, ends up being the whole movie because directorially that's the problem. I think Anne Hathaway is fantastic in it. That's really the big fight that we have is that I think Anne Hathaway rocks in it and they think she's absolute garbage in it. And I'm just like... She's only in fight. 10 minutes of the movie. She's you great! Cannot, you cannot base your opinion of Les Mis on Anne Hathaway's No, no. Alone. Forget forget Les Mis. My point... The, the, biggest <laughs> de- the biggest debate has just been on 
her performance, though. And also, I think Russell Crowe kind of does okay as an actor. Singing-wise, no. I think he does okay no, as an actor. This is, I think he's okay, fine. We're not talking about Les Mis, but we are talking about Les Mis. Les Mis is an epic 1980s, technically something akin to a rock opera. It is, sure. it is sung through. It lives in a world of lyric and performance that is is meant to be played on a broad scope yeah. and to take the camera so close to the yes. performers and that's our problem and direct the piece as if it was a intricately text wait is it what am i trying to say is as, as it has an intricate and and um, intimate complex text. Yes, yes. text yes it does not so if you if you get a little too close to it you see all of the holes and 100%. all of the gaps in logic and, and all of the like over the top emotional words that are used. And to me, that ruins what is so great about right. that piece, which is like, it should feel like a Marvel movie where right. you're like, this is so much and yeah. I can't think about any of it too much. Right. That like, was what the three of us really agreed on. It was like directorially, this was not correct. This is not right. how they should have done it. Right. We end up debating the performances a lot. We actually have a whole episode on this. Go back and listen to it, listeners. But we, we have a whole episode where we debate it and we are like at each other's throats about Amazing. whether or not Anne Hathaway is good in Amazing. this movie. But besides that, um, I also don't think Amanda Seyfried is very good and I don't think um, Eddie Redmayne is very good. But, but, but that's a they're whole... They're just wrong. They're just, they're wrong. just wrong. Yeah, that's a whole they're, other thing. They're good actors. They're exactly. just wrong for... That. Also... You can't inter musically. It was incorrect because you cannot interpret those songs like they are contemporary musical theater. Right, and there which, was a lot of like there speak of singing. There was a lot of people doing things out of rhythm. And we won't which, talk about Hugh Jackman because that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. But, but like, you and I have also like, discussed there, Greatest Showman. There is there is like a reason. Like, and this is just my opera background coming yeah. through, which is like which is very respectful composers, and it tends to be how I approach musical theater as well. Like. There's a purpose for what have I done, sweet Jesus? What have I right, done? And course. if you take it out of that, of course, it's incorrect. Right. You are not using. That's like that's say that's like saying the wrong words to me as Agreed. a musical person. Like it's like that is part and of I what think you that's are given. Partly to work the with. arrogance of Jackman, right? Sure. It's Hugh Jackman does a lot of that. Like, but well, this is my take on. But it. everybody's like, well, into that world now. Musical that's theater. True. It's like let's. That's Let's true. make it all like as if I'm saying it to you in my living room. And I'm like, no. Okay, so to re relate this back to Cyrano Let's go back then. to Cyrano. Oh, no, wow. because I think this is interesting because... Wow. So with Cyrano, with the songs, right? Which mm -hmm. I want to hear... I, you gave me an argument to it the other day where my argument was, yes, they're just very simple and they don't really try to like be catchy or like sweep us away. <laughs> and your take is like, okay. What, so what's your take on that? On the songs? Yeah. They're bad songs. In what way? In they what are, way? They are. Well, I don't know what purpose they serve. Right. They don't. They don't forward the plot. They don't communicate anything new about the characters. They don't take us on a complex emotional journey, and they're not good songs. Like there's nothing. <laughs> like if you did none of those things, and here's the thing. Like as much as I, like have things to say about Pesek and Paul, like this movie would have been improved if Pesek and Paul had written the music just in that they would have been catchy songs and you would have been like, yes. you, you would have had some bops, right? You would have had sure. something where you're like, oh, I've got an earworm sure. or, oh my God, that singer, like 
sounded incredible on that. Yeah. Or like I didn't walk away with any good, warm, fuzzy feelings about right. like except for the one that they sing in the foxhole. The Glenn Hasner the song. Three men. Which that, I'm wondering which if he beautiful. like secretly ghost wrote that or something because oh, ghost wrote, ghost wrote. Yeah. Ghost ghost, ghost, ri- wrote, ghost wrote. written. Um uh because that one was better. Yeah. Than the, that was noticeably a song. better song than the other song. I believe all three of us agree that that was the top song in the show. Uh, our other take, though, the three of us kept sort of debating, like, it does feel a bit like, what if Shakespeare had music? In the way that it's like, it doesn't necessarily need to... It doesn't necessarily further plot. It's just sort of like an emotional moment that they happen to sing in. Does that make sense? Or do you feel like that's not I think worth putting music in for? I think you're. I think you're giving the composer and the lyricist credit. Like I want they, to. I, I'd but like, like to. It's but, Erica Schmidt, by the way. We should mention she but, uh, is Peter Dinklage's uh, wife, and she was writing it specifically for him oh, and Haley. Oh wait, you just blew my mind. Yeah. So this was written specifically for Dinklage and Bennett and their voices. And the original Christian was not in the movie, but it was all specifically written for these people who aren't really singers. That was kind of the original intent. Well, I think you can do that and still write a good song. Sure. I mean, Send in the Clowns was written for someone who didn't have a wide range or strong musical abilities. Sure. That was was why he wrote it that way. Mm -hmm. But... And you don't like the big Pascal Paul power ballad that she sing, the I Need More power ballad. Do you remember no. that? Okay. <laughs> no. Because that was the one where I oh was like, God. this is catchy Pascal Paul I, bullshit. I will pluck my eyes out if I have to listen to another, like, this is a strong female number. Right. Singing about how That's my song she doesn't I have could enough do in her. Like, I'm yes. just like... Of course she wants more. She is living in <laughs> She's a Roxanne. repressed patriarchal society. She has no rights. Right. She is like has no autonomy in her own life. Like, but the thing is, is no woman in that well, very few women in that time period actually knew what they were missing, right? right? Because there was no scope of life outside of what they had. So right. I'm always a little peeved when someone <laughs> tries to take like and be like, this woman is different than all the other women because right. she is 200 years ahead of her time in sure. understanding what she can accomplish in life. And I'm sure. like, no, she That's she has song. very limited options. She can get married or she can be a prostitute. Right. That song is the song that I could do without lot, with. So because No, no, it's good. <laughs> the, that's the song that I could do without with because it sounds most like it's trying to be a Pasek and Paul number. Whereas the rest to me feel a bit like dialogue set to... Tones, if that makes sense. Like, there's not a lot of melody. There's not a lot of, like, catchiness. There's not a lot of things to latch on to. It's kind of the, them just singing random <laughs> Why? Notes. Why then? Why do we need that? I guess that's a good question. And to me, it's more like, it's... And this is straw, this is straw man. But I do want to say, like, why not? Like, it's no. restoration. It's no. it's It's... Uh, it's already a silly, overdramatic, so over-the-top story. Why not add some, like... And every once in a while, they're going to break into music. They did a, a Shakespeare in the Park yeah. Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. And Shana Taub did songs for it. And this is a better example. I would encourage you to check that out. Of, sure. of the thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're good songs. Gotcha. And they evoke what the characters would say, but can't. I want to rewatch this with you. Because on my sec, my first time watching it, I kept having little like annoyance butterflies of like, ooh, this 
this is weirdly written, and I was uncomfortable for a lot of it. And I could feel the rest of my audience feeling a little, yeah. little uncomfortable. On my second watch, and maybe it was watching it with friends, I don't know what it was, but on my second watch, I really was like, oh no, this all works. This all works. Every second of it, it's just weird because it's Dinklage. <laughs> I, no, but I love him. Yeah. I, I love the cast. Oh, I good. love the cast. We all agree the cast was fantastic. I yeah. love the script, actually. Yeah, like, great script. I, feel sorry for the screenwriter that the songs are so bad she he, wrote them all no she didn't i'm pretty sure it's, it's erica schmidt i'm pretty sure she wrote the, and the song? lyrics no. not the songs but the what? lyrics i'm pretty sure she did i'll double check that but when we were talking about last night that I, i'm pretty sure that's what scott wrote. i thought it was certain people okay well i think there's a composer and then she's she's booking lyrics i think I'll double check that. Okay. I'll double check that. Either way. Either way, yeah. it, it doesn't need to be a musical. Sure. To me. Yeah. Like, it could be a musical, but this version, I don't understand why it's a musical. Like That makes sense. And, like, the the my weirdest takeaway is, like, I'm such a musical theater person. Like, I've grown up on it. It is, like, my bread and butter. Yeah. And I watched this movie, and I was like, I wonder if this is how... When people talk about watching musicals and being like, oh, I don't like it when people just like break into song and dance for right. no reason. Like, I was like, maybe this is what that what sensation is. Sure. Because this was the first time I watched something and I was like, please stop dancing. I don't need mm, you to dance here. Right. Like, I don't understand why. Let's get into that. Why you didn't dancing. like the choreography. I didn't. CJ, no. who's a, a local choreographer, uh, loves the choreography. So I just want to hear your take on the choreo and sort of what your. Well, it's good choreography. It just, it's not like, it's not like they do anything that I'm like, this is bad choreography. Right. It's bad choreography in that like the director and the community and choreographer obviously didn't communicate gotcha. in a way that like, there's no cohesive storytelling to like between what's happening in the scene and what's happening in the dancing. I agree with that. I, my argument though would be that Joe Wright, who is such a visual director and Seamus McGarvey, who's the, uh, uh, cinematographer mm -hmm. what I do appreciate about the cinematography excuse me about the choreography is that at any given point if you took a screenshot the picture would be beautiful there's a lot of arms up in the air there's a lot of dough being pressed there's a lot of like that like flourishes and all male but partnering like and that kind of stuff I think if you took a screenshot of any given moment of the choreography you'd be like whoa does it tell the story better no, it, I agree with you. That's sort of the issue. It doesn't feel connected to the world that sure. we exist in. Like, sure. I felt like I had a really clear understanding of the world that this story took place in. And then they would step into a musical number. And I was like, this is not the world I'm in. This is mm. a separate place, which is like fine if every musical number is a fantasy. Like, make sure. that really clear that this is all existing in somebody's head. Sure. Or... Um, the the reason we're seeing it is because we're seeing it through this lens. Right. But for it to sort of be in this really grounded, um, sort of earnest place and then have her like stroking herself with letters and we have these quick <laughs> intercuts and it's like a music video. Yes. I'm like, what? Music video is a great way to put that. We kept saying it felt like an 80s rock music video, like a little bit. Like it felt like a Tawny Katan on a car, like dumping water on her breasts, kind of like... <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of like. I don't know. I think part of me was kind of in for it, like the romance of it all, without it being too um, 
taking itself too seriously. I mean, it's a lot of broad strokes, yeah, sure. which I have to applaud, yeah. right? Yeah. But it just felt like it lacked forethought in sure. a weird way because it's so produced and there's right. so much about it that's beautiful that to me I was like, why didn't... It needed like one person who understood or like had a really sure. clear vision for how to make a musical work. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that person was Joe Wright. That makes sense. I mean, Joe Wright, who, you know, a tall man. Yeah, we love Joe Wright, love but I think his, you're right. It's a gorgeous film, cinematography. However, wise, when but... someone says Joe Wright's doing a restoration musical, I was like, yes. Does it. You're right. I think somebody else could have done he it. He needed better. a. He just needed somebody. No, I don't However, think. However, he is married to it, Haley Bennett. I think it should have been him. I just sure. think whether, whether he doesn't listen to other people or whether mm. he just didn't have this voice in the room. Like, he needed another person that was like. Hey, you're smart. You create beautiful art. Right. Let me tell you how to translate what you're thinking into something that makes sense in a musical. Right. And or I think if how part do of we it marry is, these two things, like right. he needed another person that could show doctor it a little because bit. Because I think maybe also we brought this up and then we can close it out. But the, yeah. is that um, Erica Schmidt is Peter Dinklage's wife. Haley Bennett is Joe Wright's wife. What a wow! So ride. we already have this thing where they are making it for the loves of their lives. I think they were a little close to it. A little incestual. It's a little incestual. It's yeah. a little incestual. And so it's a, it's a stage show. It gets this off-Broadway run. And then they're like, Joe Wright's like, well, I'm a movie maker. Let's just make a movie out of it. And then they just did. And then I think you're right. They probably never brought in that, that fourth party, that third party, whatever, you know, to yeah. come in and be like, okay, but this is incestual. Let's talk about how we can make it not that and still use the Joe Wright sensibility and the Erica Schmidt music or whatever. Understanding now that that is his... Wife, partner, mm -hmm. wife, like that, the fact that it is as good as it is, mm -hmm. all of that being considered yeah. is that I, I will, cause, wow, sorry, words. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would not expect something to be that good when it's that sure. incestuous because it is so hard to see outside of it and be objective. So the fact that it has any, anything. Okay. Well, I should okay. probably so, go. Yeah, we should probably go. So give me a final word, and then we're going to have you on for another uh, legitimate miniseries someday. We'll have you choose either a playwright or, or, or a librettist or, or something like that, composer, and we'll, we'll get you on. Um, but give me a final word on Cyrano and a, and a goodbye to all the listeners. Oh, um, okay, listeners. I would say absolutely see it. I would say um, watch it from your couch with someone who you enjoy uh enjoy watching movies with or hate watching movies with like and then sort of see uh, which way it goes um maybe partake in a in a weed gummy or an alcoholic beverage before and during i think you might enjoy it more we sort of watched a matinee in the middle of the day and it was we we needed to take it less seriously i think yeah um and uh that's, that's all I have to say. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, hopefully we'll have you on soon. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Back to the podcast. But I love the choreo. I think it's very arm-heavy, and it's very flourish-heavy. Mm -hmm. It's very restoration. Very I mean, simple. I... I um loved the sleeve scene, the men's scene, yeah. uh, where they were doing they were doing, and I'm doing this with heavy quotes, gender normative dance partner stuff, and it was all men doing it. I loved right. that fucking scene. It was great. I yeah. It, to say. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I 
to get back to one of your early points, Bailey, and one of your early points, CJ, because I'm listening to both of you. Uh, I'm normally smoking weed, not That's paying what I attention thought. to what you yeah. say. But today I did. Uh, and that is the groundedness. And out of that groundedness of this very real world, that's where the music comes from. It's, it, is, it is organic in a way that most Broadway these days simply is not. And it's not necessarily supposed to be. And I think that's why so many music theater people probably don't like it or the right. ones I've heard disparage it in some way. These are songs that are meant to come out of pure emotional moments that aren't supposed to be gorgeous or pretty. They're supposed to be real and organic. And I think that that is, makes it a little bit of an anti-musical, but also yeah. sort of a pure musical, too, because all of those songs are gorgeous and they're beautifully performed. Well, yeah. and this is one of my big points of this movie, too. And it's something that as an actor and, and I like I was wondering if I'd like it because out of all the training, all of the training I've had, I've had <laughs> way more singing training than I have had ever, anything else. So I thought I would be super judgy about the singing on this. There is so much benefit to modulating the music to your actors ranges because or, and or I really specifically it being written for them. This wasn't modulated. Exactly, but I just don't I, and I know I don't I don't know the rules behind all of it. I'm sure different composers feel differently about things, but I don't understand if you have someone in the lead or any part that you're excited about why you wouldn't modulate that music so it sounds the best on them. It's the best showing of your music. And I, you know, I'm not a music director or a composer, so I have no say in that. But like that's what worked with this. Yeah. Was, you know, I never sat there the whole time thinking like, oh, he could he didn't get that note. He couldn't get that note. I mean, they wrote it all in in areas that were comfortable for everybody yeah. on the screen. Right. Yeah. And it was all sung live, which you can feel all that raw emotion yes, that you were yes. talking about, Scott. Like every song that's sung live, like Les Mis is sung live, but you can feel that sort of their re they know they're singing Les Mis the whole time. Yeah, right? it's yeah. lame is. <laughs> it's lame is. But, but you can feel it even like with Hugh Jackman. And I think this kind of speaks to what you're saying, Siege, is like Hugh Jackman with some of those higher notes. Now, they shot it. They probably gave him 20 takes and chose the best one. And there were probably other ones where it was a prettier high note or mm -hmm. it was like whatever. Because Hugh Jackman can probably do it. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But the one they chose is for the, some of those higher notes are, are not great. Sounds like and he's it, pooping his pants. Right. And I don't know if lame is can... If you are, like you said, I don't know if they're allowed to modulate like with things like that, but I do wonder if it was a directorial choice with that to be like, no, we want the raw emotion of it, but it doesn't work because it's still Les Mis, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas this is something new where it feels more like talking. It feels more like intimate, intimate, intimate. Thought, your thoughts coming out. Uh, I would even venture than... that the tunes are definitely simpler than one thousand percent. Well, that's yeah. yeah, not debatable in any way, shape, or form because this is so simple. And I think I said that like twenty times while we were watching. I was like, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's just so simple. And elegant. they do the anti rhyme, it and it's elegant. elegant yeah. And they do the anti rhyme thing that like actually Hades Town did this too, where and it's what Eminem calls it anti rhyme, where you you say. Uh, uh, roses are red, violets are blue. 
I love Scott and CJ. Also, mouths and butts are the same thing. Like that's a, that's a that's an anti rhyme in a weird way, right? And it's uh-huh. and it breaks form and it breaks rhythm and it breaks pentameter or or meter. Yeah, and it does that a lot in this, and I think that can be jarring to people. And I think a lot of people, when it's very simple, they're sort of like, "Oh, where's the like power ballad?" Which there is one. I need more. Yes, I need yeah. more. Don't you was dare that one tell live? You that was one me. that struck me that maybe it wasn't no, live. Maybe not, but like that one. There's definitely plenty of them that were. There were like two or three that felt more like we kept saying like poison music videos or yeah. like old like you know Tony Katan music videos or something like, like very eighties. Yeah, yeah, very eighties. Um, where I think they were adding some some techno, maybe even a little tune. Not not tuning auto tune, but like there was some electric kind of yeah adding, adding layers and yeah and I, I would also I think they probably recorded that at a different time yeah i would also like i think another thing i really liked about it too and the only thing i can think to compare it to right now which there's many others is a uh, greatest showman showman where it was like there were also songs in DP'd there by uh uh, Seamus McCarvey. Seamus oh yeah McCarvey. He um, as well yeah sorry i forgot to mention that no 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 uh he Greatest Showman had so many numbers where it's like, this is trying to be this type of song or this type of writer or this type of phase of music. Right. To me, all of the music in Cyrano, there was a couple of them that kind of scratched a certain itch. But Cyrano's music all sounded like it sounded appropriate for the time period. It was all just very beautiful and lovely and well put together. And it wasn't trying to be... This is Cyrano, but we're going to put a bunch of fucking pop songs in it. You know right. what I mean? And not in a bad way. It all kind of sounds like one song. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It feels mm. like if you played them all in line, it it would flow. Right. Like, it would tell the story by itself right. almost, too. Truly, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. One of my favorite songs actually is the – I want to hear your favorite songs. My favorite uh, – I well – I know my favorite song, but we'll get there. My uh, one of my favorite songs is the actual one where they're doing the classic Cyrano balcony scene, mm-hmm. where he's actually uh. speaking for him and uh, telling him what to say and doing the back and forth. And I, I love that song. I love the way it's played out. I love the way it's staged, the way it's shot. What are y'all's favorite songs? And I'll tell you my favorite song. I've a- you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, my favorite favorite I mean my favorite scene um, and dance scene with the song was was it was the sleeve dance it was the big it was a big Christian number but my favorite song that I immediately got in my car and bought was wherever I fall yeah yeah the wartime yeah. song yeah like that's I've my been, song I've been listening to it on repeat and and like three brand new characters on screen we haven't seen them before we don't really see them again and they get this amazing fucking song yeah which i love that i love this idea that we just there's these three men that get to sort of speak for all of the men in the encampment Mm -hmm. and and we get to see three very different uh situations set to the same melody Mm-hmm. And sung with very different intention and very different voices. Like the first sure. guy sounds like an Eagles, like the Eagles. He, he reminded like me of Willie Nelson, actually. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like he sounds like an old rocker, like from a the southern 70s. rock kind of guy yeah. who's doing doing a quiet ballad. Yeah. And then the second guy sounds like Tim McGraw. Yeah. 
Like right. he's doing mm-hmm. like a tr- you know, and then the third, not that Tim McGraw sounds like that, but you know what I mean. And then the third, Tim McGraw does uh, twangy, a little twangy. Like twangy. Tim he's country, right? I don't know. Yeah. I just said <laughs> animal. I don't know. Oh, Tim um, McGraw, you're right. I'm a little bit of country. Uh, and then the third uh, guy is like, I don't know, maybe like. He's he's Scottish maybe Irish yeah yeah English but he's got this like little lilt but he like almost can't sing and he's just so scared he's very emotional and then and I don't want to say anything else about that whole scene because I think it's really worth watching like how that plays out and like the and then when they go to war and and the people taking each other's place which I've seen in movies a hundred times where someone gets shot and then the drummer steps up and takes their place. <laughs> Right, like that kind of stuff. That just like rips me to shreds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And while the song is playing, and then the song plays for like twenty more minutes throughout everything that's happening. It's like that. The third act to me is what really brings home how beautiful this movie is. Because even we even commented like, "Oh, go back to go back to Sicily, go back to France, like wherever." We want this more is titties to and be. silk. Titties, silk. We want that. Like when it's in this like war in the freezing ice. And everything's gray and white on the side (laughs) of a mountain, and they're all wearing gray, and their skin is gray, and there's a blue filter over it, so everything is gray, and you're just like, oh, it's so sad and monochromatic, uh, literally and figuratively, and I... It's it solidifies why the ending is so perfect to me, and why that all stark white ending in the nunnery and the the convent, and you just... The design alone. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll never stop talking about the design. So I need to stop. It's so good. <laughs> so what is your favorite? Yeah. Song? No, whenever I fall, like I agree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. I just it was just was gorgeous. I mean, I I but I liked all of it. I it mm-hmm. really enjoyed all the songs. It also wasn't. It was a really well balanced in terms of when we got the music. The mu the those the moments that the songs started were earned. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, again, when you come out of pure emotion, when you come out of the given circumstances that are happening, that's um, that makes it compelling. And so it, right. it didn't have to sound pretty, you know, it just had to sound truthful. And that's that's the big difference. Let's step through some of the performances. Yeah. 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 Uh, but first, can I ask you all a question? Sure. Yeah. Have you ever loved? someone madly (laughs) that's a part that's been made fun of a lot it's been memed people don't like it i think it's because it makes them uncomfortable because it's so sweet and simple and cute yeah i did want the credit song to be truly madly deeply from the mid 90s (laughs) i want a minute minute sorry it would have fit perfectly. With the <laughs> um, okay, well, let's start. Let's start here. Uh, actually, so I have loved it. someone angrily before. We know. <laughs> I have too. Madly, <laughs> angrily. Um, okay, well, let's start with Bashir Salahuddin. He's Lebret. He's the best friend. He's sort of the confidant of Dinklage. He was uh, great. There's that scene where early on where they're sitting on the steps and you, you pointed out, Scott, like they were because of the camera angle, they were on the same level. Yeah. So it was because they were on steps as well. And so their heads were at perfect levels. It's just, we're holding it's, our hands up. But yeah, it, it, it's it's 
it's it's a you know it's filmmaking 101 stuff but they're on the same level they are peers they are friends but how you do that with two dramatically Symbolism? different sized human beings right uh and and then frame a perfect shot it it was hot it was that, right. was, that was sexy to me <laughs> super cool yeah i remember you pointing that out but even that scene in general their friendship is really solid and well lived in yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah you know like you can feel that they have this relationship and he's always got that little bit of i think like one of the first things we see in the whole thing or no no he's the first one that after you hear dinklage talk to the guy on stage in the first scene uh uh labrette goes see her now, see her now. <laughs> like damn it and he's like <laughs> looking for him earlier see her now you know whatever so like he's he's one of our first voices but we i think he's great pass or fail pass I'm pass yeah yeah Foch. yeah okay ben mendelson the geesh it's my favorite thing I've seen him in. Like, oh, really? He's I I think he's a great actor. I Not just right. his voice always sounds the same to me. He doesn't modulate mean? it in any. It's just he always used the same tone. He uses the same speed of speech, like every every time. And it was fun seeing him play like a fop. It was fun. I just I'm gonna like sit down and show you clips because he is to me one of our great vocal actors. Like you I'm need like to see I'm Animal like, Kingdom. Yeah, I'm like every Kingdom, performance right? he does something so I'm not saying different. he sucks and I hate him. You I think he's great. Yeah, I'm debating what you're saying. You're I'm literally you told me exactly that you think saying. I hate all men. You're right. That's what I said. I yelled it at you. I yelled it just now. Um, uh, he's, he's one of my dudes, man. Like he's, he, one of my first things that I saw him in was the place beyond the pines, which he fucking rocks in. Uh, and then he, I mean, he's a bunch of shit way before that, but then more recently, you know, he did rogue one. Mm -hmm. He did fucking, um, what was the captain Marvel? Oh, right. Captain oh, Marvel. he's Talos and captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, and He's technically Talos in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home as well. He's in that one. Uh, and then, yeah, Bloodline is a show that most people would probably know him from. Uncle Danny, as CJ would put it. <laughs> uh, and then he's Sorrento in Ready Player One, and he fucking rocks in that movie. He's great in that. Uh, and he's King George the Sixth in Darkest Hour. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, all that to say, watch Mississippi Grind, watch Slow West, watch The Darkest Animal Hour, which is also a Joe Ryan film. Darkest Ooh. Hour, Killing Them Softly, Dark Knight Rises. We love him. Uh, he's one of our greats, and he's one of my top two white dudes uh, in the biz. Uh, okay, Kelvin. Oh, and let's just talk about Ben Mendelsohn in this fucking rocks. He He's doing this Gary sort Oldman. of effeminate thing. <laughs> yeah, you thought he was Gary Oldman for a long I time. I did. At yeah. first, I called, I called him Gary Oldman because I think we realized why I had done that in my head, but I can't remember it's now. It's because of oh, Dracula. It's Dracula. Oh, because he looked like Bram Stoker's Dracula. He looked yes. like Gary And I was like, Oldman. oh, right, that's Gary Oldman. But I was like, no, it's, I knew it was Ben Mendelsohn the whole fucking time. I'm just trash, and I say things wrong when <laughs> hardly, I have put hardly. things into my I brain. Won't let you, I won't let you do that. Normal. Yeah, I will. Uh, <coughs> Kelvin Harris. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn has a sing, a sing song, a, a song, sing -song. a sing-along song. Frollo. Yeah, and it reminds me so much of the Hunchback of Notre Dame Frollo song. He uh, Hellfire? Is that what it's called? Fire! Hellfire! Hellfire! Uh, <laughs> because both of them are about, like, I want to sleep with this woman. She won't sleep with me. I'm going to go have my way with her anyway. Yeah. Right? right? And so 
he gets that song, um, what everybody wants, and it works, and I love it. And it, it builds and, and builds and builds, and he gets more and yeah. more scary and creepy as it goes on. It's a good bad guy song. It yeah. is. It's a good Disney villain song. Uh, pass or fail? Oh, pass. Pass. Yeah, of course. Major pass. He might despite, be my Despite CJ's hatred. Uh, Even though you hate his entire performance and everything <laughs> you've ever seen him at. No. Um, ben Mendelsohn uh, is maybe my top. He's probably my top performance in the in the movie, I think. Um, Haley Bennett's yeah. a close second. I really love Haley Bennett. Okay, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Christian, a newbie to the stage and screen. Not stage, but screen. He was yeah, he's, handsome. He's a handsome young man. And I liked what him. a voice. Yeah, he had, he had he, a great voice. Great voice, and he's he's perfect in the role. Like, I I've seen a couple stage productions of Cyrano where the part of Christian is just dumb. Right. And they're playing dumb, right. and it's like you can't you can't get away with that. Like, and he he isn't. He's not dumb. He's earnest. He's earnest, and he's right. very he's earnest. He's not. You know, he's not worldly. He's not poetic. He's not a lot of things, but he's not dumb either. So, and I shouldn't have said lot. new to screen because he's done a shit ton of stuff. I just didn't know about it. I'm trash. I'm sorry. I did. I, he was brand new to me, uh, but he was in Mudbound. Years ago, do you remember Mudbound on Netflix? Mm-mm. That movie fucking rocked. He's in, uh, 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 what was oh Trial of the Chicago Seven? He's Fred Hampton. Oh, he's the one that's of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And guess who he's playing in the Elvis movie? The the new. Oh, uh, I said that the other night. Who is he playing? BB King. Isn't that cool? That's, that's cool. cool. That's I don't know so how I exciting. feel about the Elvis movie. I'm going to be interested to see how that turns out. But yeah, he's also sure. voicing Scar in the new Untitled Lion King prequel, which is coming out in 2025. <sighs> I don't know. I'm sure he'll be great, but yeah. I just why Disney? Why? Why? Oh, and he was in Waves, which was great. Waves rocks. That movie was awesome. If oh, no one's I never all saw Waves. It. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Pass or fail? Pass. Pass. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I love his death scene. Spoiler alert. I I I think he. I think oh, it really works. Beautiful. That whole final um, scene between them is great. Yeah. Haley Bennett. Lovely. Oh, hard pass. Oh, hard yeah, pass. Yeah. Hard pass. I yeah. loved her Jeez. costumes. I just wanted a closet of all of her costumes. Yeah. I. Yeah. yeah the, the you know the all the costumes are extraordinary, and she's just. She's charming. She's everything that Roxanne needs to be in order to, you know, um, and she's not just a, a pretty object of affection. She's, right. you know, she is her own person in in that time and place that, you know, and, and demanding. And, you know, it, she's great. I, she's great because you just are with her. She's the first person you see. She's the mm-hmm. first person you get to know. She's and, got the first song. Yeah, she got the first song. And so, yeah, that I loved her. Love I love her in this. I yeah. think she definitely passes. Um, and then Dinklage. What's her, what are your thoughts on Dinklage in this? Oh, I thought he was great. He's fucking born to play lovesick. Like, he's yes. so good at it. And I just, he's a great actor. I thought he was excellent in it. Yeah, same. And um, and again, just the commitment. Like, he, he doesn't have the prettiest singing voice in the world. But it's a good, clear, strong voice. And yeah. he... And he feels it all like he just is in it. And that's the thing that you kind of notice is that you, you 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 think Dinklage, you know, Tyrion Lannister. And so you always are calibrating a little bit with people like that. But then I think about, you know, um, 
you know, uh, the station agent and some of his earlier stuff. And uh, he's just been solid. Like, what a fucking career. I'd like mm-hmm. to see him on stage. Apparently, his Richard III was crazy. But Ooh, I thought he nailed too. this. I I've think heard he that, just too. Nailed yeah. It. Yeah. So. He's also in the uh, Ice Age franchise, as everyone he knows. He is. He does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he in Ice Age? Uh, he's the Captain Gut. Boy, like I've seen the, the first. Way. I've seen one of the. I've seen the first three Ice Ages, and I there's don't... like nine. Yeah, I think he's in. He's in four. Scrat's <laughs> Continental Crack Up Part I Two. Love Scrat. Okay, see, I've Ice only Age seen the first Continental three. Drift and. Uh, oh, the Arctic Game, and uh, I don't think to there's me, any To me, Ice Age ones. is all about John Leguizamo, personally. Right. I think that's the, that's the <laughs> gig there. Let's watch Ice Age, you guys. Just the first I'll watch one. the first one. Yeah, just the first one. All right. <laughs> Dinklage played himself on Entourage, so, you know. He did play himself on He was pretty good at himself in his Entourage. scene in Elf? Yeah, I was about to say, oh, I yeah, watch him every yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny scene, I guess. I don't know. I I'd, I'd have to rewatch it. I don't know. I don't remember if it's super offensive or if he handles it so perfectly that it's not offensive anymore. I can't remember. Probably no, that. Yeah. It's like yeah. him in uh 30 Rock too. His recurring Yeah, he he and Tina Fey start to date and she can't quite oh, handle right. it. She keeps patting him on the head and I shit remember that. like it's That's pretty It's funny. wrong and it's also awesome cuz he he gets gets it at the upper hand at the end of the the this what do you call it the arc the arc yeah. the character arc anyway but yeah it's it's Dinklage he's he's great he's, he's you know he's more more yeah and I don't think anyone fails oh and we have Monica Dolan who's Marie the uh, sort uh, her sort maid. of nurse maid yeah. oh my god yeah. she was great yeah, who doesn't love great. a sassy nurse in right. a in a story like this ba- Bailey doesn't. I don't normally, Bailey but Bailey hates nurses. Not, no, just sassy nurses. Just sassy uh, ones. Especially the ones that don't nurse. You know, they, they... Oh, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, that came off right. <laughs> the, ones, uh, the ones who don't, uh, don't do any nursing. Yeah. Oh, they didn't yeah. come out right either. All right, we gotta stop. <laughs> uh, another performance I think is worth mentioning, Don't actually... practice medicine. That's what I should have said. <laughs> One Clearly of my favorite, doesn't practice medicine. One of my favorite other performances in this is Joshua James, who plays Valver, who's the man at the beginning who's sort of giving him The super flop at the beginning. Yes. He's great. Love it. What a great look. Like, that, dude's, that, that dude should Ooh. work a ton. Like, yeah, what a cool and look. His, and then he dies, and it's like this really beautiful, awful death, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. we don't see him yeah, anymore. Yes. <laughs> I will it's say there's... Scene. There's a fair amount of murdering people in this and then literally turning around and being like, well, what's next? <laughs> right. Which is... The Restoration Times is no joke. Well, you know, it also times. fits stories from that time for sure. Well, in the real Cyrano de Bergerac, <laughs> he, I, I mean, he was, he was a swordsman who killed people. Yeah. Right. Uh, may I share with you my thesis for this entire movie? Uh, yeah. I guess you're gonna... <laughs> Yes, of course. You see billboards about this. You see posters about this. You hear people talking about this. It's all about Peter Dinklage is playing Cyrano in a musical version about Cyrano. This is, he is the stunt casting for this. He is the face of this movie. And I love that while he is the lead and his name is the name of the movie, 
they spent equal time with everybody else and everybody else was a well-rounded character and interesting and well done and well cared for and got good moments because it it wasn't about for me it wasn't about saying like well can dinklage pull this off it was just about me watching the movie and enjoying it sure yeah and that's yeah. Joe Wright for you, I think, in a lot of ways. And Erica Schmidt obviously wrote the shit out of this. And because maybe it was stage first, also, it's mm-hmm. hard to sell a show on Dinklage is going to sit here and sing at you for two hours. It's like, well, but you it's, know, so it's great. It's like, but it is, though. It's it's Cyrano. It's like Hamlet or Richard Third. you know, where it's like, you that is the person you cast yeah. before you even announce you're doing the show. And exactly. I love that it was it was about everybody in this movie and everybody was great in it. Right. Um can I t- can I read y'all a really funny IMDb trivia fact about this? Please. Yeah, please. It's a long walk, but here we go. <laughs> ben Mendelsohn previously appeared in the movie The Dark Knight Rises in 2012. Uh-huh. The main character of that film, Batman, was previously played by George Clooney. Okay. Clooney's uncle was actor <laughs> Jose Ferrer, who previously appeared as Cyrano de Bergerac in the 1950 film. Wow. Wow. That's that a long, long, long walk, but we got there. That's funny. So, I love that. Uh, what, what was Jose Ferrer's son? Who's also. Who's, Married to Clooney. Uh, or Clooney to Clooney. Uh, also, uh, real quick, also, the original, in the original stage production, I found out that Roxanne actually visits the front and bears witness to Dinklage getting shot, excuse me, to Cyrano getting shot and to Christian dying. Like, Mm -hmm. actually sees it all happen, uh, in the play, which is interesting. That's part of the Ridge, the Ridge? Right. Yeah. Okay. And then in the, at the end of the play... Cyrano is ambushed on his way to see Roxanne and suffers a severe head injury, which causes his death within the hours, rather than it being the old war wound. Because remember, you questioned CJ. You were like, "Oh, that old old war wound." He's still bleeding. It's still bleeding. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, the times. It, you know, it never fixed. It never properly heals." But then, apparently, on the in the stage show, it's that he gets jumped because he's just like an old cripple. Yeah. And, and it's huh. and it's a fifteen he hits year his head. It's a 15-year. Instead of three-year. I see. So they massaged it a little bit to make it different. I'm fine with that. To be clear, this is the original play. The original play. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't know if the uh, musical. Is the Ridge in verse? Yes. Okay. At least he is, right? I don't think it's every. That makes sense. In the the original play, everything is rhymed couplets. You're right, you're right. Then there were three translations of the play that kind of rotated around all through the 20th century yeah um yeah um miguel ferrer is jose ferrer's son and if you look up miguel ferrer you'll know exactly who i'm talking about he was quite a famous actor himself had quite a career he passed away recently you're welcome thanks everybody thanks wow uh okay well what 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 else? What else do y'all want to talk about? This has been fun. I feel like we've done the thing. I don't know. Like Yeah, we did it. I think people need to go watch this movie. It's really, really fun. It's really good. It's beautiful. Watch it with someone you care about. It'll make it better. And sort of allow yourself to be uncomfortable. I think that's a reason a lot of people aren't enjoying it as much. Like, you're watching a musical. Like, let it take you on. Like, don't wait for something catchy. Don't wait for something... 
uh, uh, familiar. Just let it tell the story, and it's gonna be you're gonna enjoy it. And uh, oh, yeah, CJ absolutely. and Scott will. Uh, will uh, what? What will we do? Touch me. Late at night. Hi guys, you okay? okay. Wow. Are, are we? Yeah, we're good. We're sorry. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. Just no, down. I was. The... I was just letting that happen. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, we didn't know okay. how. Got it. But yeah, it's a great flick, and and you know, I I I hope it'll stick around for a while. I think it will. It'll be debated for a long time. I think so too. Uh, I love this movie, and that's all. I, I think liked we it a lot too. We need to say about it. Uh, yeah. Okay, CJ, do you have a final thought? That's your pick. I gave my final thought about, uh, I just loved how even-handed it was. And I just, yeah, if anybody out there needs a friend to watch it with, I'll watch it again. I really yeah, enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. I think that's all we got for today. Thank you for joining us uh, for Theater Theater and Stuff. Join us again next week. We're going to be doing an episode on what? Fringe. fringe, fringe. So, if you have anything fringe related, this is send a Hollywood fringe, Hollywood fringe festival. Yeah, we should say. Please send us anything that you might want us to promote. If you want us to come see it, if you want us to, anything, check us out. Uh, we'll we'll post an episode about it. That's all I got. Yes. Oh, and uh, then Marsha Norman, Marsha Norman. After that, uh, aren't we going to do everything everywhere all at once? After that. Yeah, and then like the hundredth episode the hundredth and stuff. Episode. I'm just saying, yeah. like, Marjorie Norman is the next playwright. That's yeah. all. Yes, yeah. get ready. We y'all. got some episodes. They'll be coming out. We're just gonna surprise you. We'll just whatever the fuck comes out, just fucking enjoy it. It's that time right. of year, end of the school year, y'all. We got yeah. senioritis. Yeah. Uh, questions, comments, please, please, please do send us all that uh, Hollywood Fringe stuff, y'all. We want to cover your show. We want to be a part, a big part of Fringe this year. So you can email us. You can also reach us at Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Scott. Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. It's true. He also writes all of our stingers and he's a hell of a guy. And you're about to hear the theme song, our regular theme song right now at the end of yeah. this. Yeah. But we also should big do a big shout out to Pamela Quinn, who wrote our special Insta theme song. She contributes so much and so often to everything that we do and she's magical and we love her so thank you pam and then finally to the great pulitzer prize winning playwright annie baker for writing every single one of our episodes and she doesn't even know it and one day annie baker we're gonna buy you a beer yes yes we are we love you annie baker uh i i should mention the next in stuff which will be like six or seven episodes from now we got a minute (laughs) until that goes but the next in stuff Go find your DVDs of it, y'all. It's it. Peter Pan Live. <gasps> oh, I can't wait for us to get together oh, and watch more of those. Christopher oh, Walken oh, and Allison Williams. And it's going to be so fun. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have a blast. I love y'all. Uh, please follow us on all the things. Subscribe, rate, review. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh. I have a wife I haven't seen. Since lilacs bloomed in the spring, she's always wears them in her hair. She lets them fall down everywhere. And I can see her in the glowing light, dressing without a sound. 
promised I'd be home alright, but I gotta lay this body down. So take this letter oh. to my wife <laughs> and tell her that I love my life and tell my boys the Lord he found me. When I say their names out loud, they're all around me. Oh my God. <laughs> Tell them not to cry at all. And then I start bawling. Yeah. Heaven is wherever I fall. You broke your own record, your own rule. <sighs> what? Cry? No, singing a song from the thing we just talked about. I don't care. I'm it. You made Percy purr. He's purring right see now. see it next time, too. <laughs> and the time later, everybody. And the time my... after that. <laughs> the theater. The theater. Theater. Theater.